When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sherry O'Terry, David. Sherry O'Terry is so hilarious. Uh, yes. And uh, one of my, I think she's one of the favorites there. She was always, she was perfect for the show, full of energy, mm-hmm. full of characters, wrote a lot. And uh, that's exactly what you want for that show. She was like, when they say brother from another mother, I don't know how you say sister from another mister. mister. I don't know. I think you do. But I definitely had some. Some crossover with Sherry O'Terry in that she, and I've talked to other comedians about this, she broke the seal on that show of what a woman could do in a sketch. Because she would commit to sexual innuendo and physicality Mm -hmm. so intensely that you couldn't not laugh. And she has this thing that she does where she looks off. After oh, yeah, she was like this, yeah, the character huh? lands a line. I keep and then it. Huh? She, I keep she, it. Yeah, so she's as organically so funny. funny as anybody, yeah. and the interview was so much fun because we were just laughing the whole time, and she just kept telling these stories about her mother and her childhood, and it was just God, fascinating. We that and, was one we were laughing a lot. Yeah, and the stuff, the fantasy world that she grew up in, and what what made Sherry O'Terry, and and her name is very cool. You would that be. Is a funny name. Um, David Oates Spaded or something. No, Spade is obviously a fake name, but um, no, people, Chris Rock used to go, Spade, do they ask you, they say, did you and Spade make your names up? No. I lucked out. Chris Rock is a great name. Chris Rock is a great name. It's like boom, boom, boom. boom. David Spade's good. Dana's I like, but Carvey's weird because there's only five in North America. It's one of the strangest tribes from Ireland. We were murderers and thieves and- Gun runners. We're nasty well, that, well, that's people. that's good news. I've had a lot of anger underneath this yes. facade. This facade. Underneath this pith helmet. It's By the funny. way, gang, don't <laughs> you can write them to me uh, about the, where to get this hat. By the way, the petunias are almost ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm like Henry Fonda in the uh, Golden Pond. Yeah. Well, I was looking for some strawberries. I wanted to get back here to see your sweet face. You're going to go, go, go. That's for the over 70s. Jeez. Boom. Not I don't know of, that movie. I'm so young. You're so young and so fresh. You're, if Yeah, if you were a plant, you'd be a daisy. Mm. Fresh. I'm, gr- uh, I'm grizzled. Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry. This is just- She looks up to love, Dana a lot too. A lot of people come on here doing, especially- I get some nice compliments, yeah. but- we have had a lot of incredible episodes. We love anyone who would dare come on our, our narcissist display. Yeah. But Sherry did stick out as someone who really, really made me laugh. So enjoy this one. Hi, Dana. Hi, Sherry. Aww. Hi. Oh, it's so nice <laughs> to see you. I it's can't It's so nice stop. to see your bed. Uh, I know, one of my beds. Wow, and you made it for today. I did. I fluffed my hair up. I copped an attitude. I checked my <laughs> lighting. My lighting is amazing. You look like you're in high school, which is perfect. 
Oh, you guys both look good. I Doctor Jekyll and Mister Spade. <laughs> I have lighting above me, which I guess is the That's worst scenario. Not flattering, David. <laughs> no, I do look good. You, you look okay, uh, if you, you insist. Scary. <laughs> I ins- look at these. Look at your hair. Wow. Oh shit! You know what I have to write down that I have to ask Sherry about? I might as well just ask her. We're on, Sherry. You don't remember this, but you were on the show with me for a full season. <laughs> she um, doesn't remember that you might not remember that i'll put my hat on so you don't gross out but uh uh w- one time we went to fiorello's <laughs> and you fainted <laughs> oh no yes yeah um someone said came back to me and it was your time to pay the check and they go your friend is in the bathroom he's fainted <laughs> no, your friend I don't think it was a money thing. No, no, no. It was your time to pay because we what what we did was we went we went off and on. Your time to pay, my time to pay, your time to pay, and you always had um, high blue guys see me out when it was your time to pay. It just seemed really convenient. <laughs> I had convenient see the uh, right, yeah, um, and then it was like get them orange juice, get them orange juice, give them a dog treat. No one knew what to do when the check comes. He checks out. Good yeah, night. Yeah. Here's your orange juice and the check. <laughs> no, what happened was, uh, Sherry, I think you live on an Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And I live on Upper West Side. And we, sometimes, Dana, mm-hmm. we didn't get carted around like you, like Meghan Markle. We didn't have cars in the party. Day. We built the show back. You guys came in dancing. <laughs> we built the show back. <laughs> Phil Hartman, you built ever it heard of ground him? Up. John Lovett, ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were, thanks to you. Thank you. We were we had a job and we but we didn't get cars for sure. We didn't get cars. No, no. no. And it was really kind of dumb on, on NBC's part because we didn't know if we could get to work. You know, and even on show day, no cars. It was like hailing cabs, and so Sherry and I would try to struggle and and walk. And I I didn't have any protein bars back. This is the days we didn't have protein bars, folks. <laughs> so you had to carry like a plum in your sock. So I didn't have anything to nib on, and we got there, and I was like. Where's the goddamn food? And so we walked to Fiorello's in, in like Columbus Square. And then I started to like drift. Like, she's like, David. I'm like, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I started to like, I think I slide down in the booth. And then I excuse myself to go black out on the bathroom floor. And she's like, this is beyond diarrhea. It's been about 25 minutes. What's happening? And then I think you sent a waiter in. Yeah. And he was like, I guess you're going to have to pay, Miss O'Terry. He's no, still no, no, your friend it. is on the floor. And <laughs> I go, um, uh, can you go in and get him off the floor? I mean, I love that that was his, you know, uh, it was like, hello. Uh, that's not normal. We didn't plan on him going on the floor. Could yeah. you see if he's all right? Yeah. And then you came out, I, 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 I. And it's like, <laughs> I need orange juice. I need orange juice. And uh, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. I had some really funny, funny, used to say to me, I remember you go to me, hey, Cheryl, watch this. And we would be at like a, a bar and you would go up to a really pretty girl and oh, you would go boy. like this. You would say, um, excuse me, um, don't I know you from somewhere? Wait a minute. Aren't you an actor? Wait a minute. Aren't you? You're really famous. You've been in movies and you're really popular. Wait a second. You. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. 
<laughs> no, it was. It was wow, that's yeah, good okay. stuff. I'd sometimes go, wait. Let's break this on, down. Are you on a big TV show? Yeah. <laughs> or, or is that me? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, it was something like that, Sherry, but thank you for exposing oh my, my Oh, my God, that used lives. to make me laugh. And you always epitomize to me the kind of guy that you say, oh, Sherry, I can't wait for you to meet the, my girlfriend, this girl I'm going out with. She's so funny. And then I would meet her and she just giggles at everything you say. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm at a few. Uh, like, honey, yep. that's not called a sense of humor. That's I'm like, Sherry, you're funny. This yeah, one's a, yeah, a that's called know, a girl tone. that feeds your ego by laughing yeah. at everything you say. And if her boobs shake when she laughs, she's a riot. <laughs> All right, we're about to go to a test pattern because this isn't going the well, right way. David for me today. had five years on the show by the time you met him, and so he was a kid in a candy store. He was famous for the first time, and like Mickey Rooney told me, money makes you handsomer. So that's what happened. <laughs> but back to Sherry yeah. O'Terry, our guest today, superstar cast member of Saturday Night Live from 1995 to 2000. Go ahead. I, I just, I play kind of the DJ. Oh. Wait, Dana, before that. Yes. First of all, you're from, you're from Philadelphia? Yeah, right outside of uh, Philly, the suburbs. Actually, Greg, who I was talking to earlier, um, we were talking about Philly and all the people that came from my little town, Upper Darby, mm-hmm. besides... Uh, Todd Rundgren. Oh, and, Todd Rundgren. Super yep. fan. Yep. 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 Uh, did you see that documentary on him? Yes. That was great. Was it called Mayor of Easton? No. <laughs> I hung out with him a few times at SNL and at his house in Sausalito. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to know him. My brother and Mike Myers' brother are both Todd fanatics. Like Mike uh-huh. Myers' brother wrote a book about Todd. My really? brother was, yeah, the definitive history of Todd Rundgren. But anyway, that was a very uh, talented neighborhood you grew up in. Todd Rundgren, I, you. I, I'm Tina Fey. I'm Tina so Fey. surprised, though, that all the songs he wrote you know, sometimes you 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 just fall upon like a, a documentary. You're like, all right, I'll watch this. And you're like blown away. I did not know he wrote that. I didn't know he wrote that. Yeah, that yeah. he was really a prolific songwriter. Genius. Is that why you sound like we can't understand you? Is because you're from Philadelphia. You got such a strong <laughs> accent. Yeah. What is the Philadelphia <laughs> accent? I mean, I, I like never what you really... goes orange juice. Orange juice. Uh, no, oh. it's, you know, uh, the whole thing is uh, when I call a friend who had the the Rec- recording, uh, oh God, telephone recording. Hi, we're not home at the moment. Leave a message <laughs> at the Sanity Tone and we'll get back to you. <laughs> it's we'll not an attractive, it is not an attractive um, accent. And they leave off the G's and ING. Yes, yeah, so I was talking. We were walking, talking. It's not an attractive <laughs> accent huh. at all. God, it seems hard to do. How does it how does it blend in with Long Island? Because it feels like to my ear, they're very close relatives, but it's different. I'm telling you, the suburbs, it's like a lazy vowels. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. just jumble the vowels and believe that some continents are uh, uh, continents, consonants, consonants. Consonants. Scottsdale um, Community College (laughs) (laughs) are not needed. Like the G's and ING. What's your favorite Dana's accent lazy to bowels. do? What's your favorite accent just to inhabit, like in life or hanging <laughs> out? I love with doing Southern. Southern, which one? North Carolina or, or Texas or? I I I don't even know where I am on the Southern accent. Um, mm-hmm. Just fun. Sounds fun. But I just absolutely 
love doing Southern accents. Can you give us a little bit right now? I'll do one to start. Well, to, well you, you guys both did Ross Perot, I think. No, yes. Dana did Ross Perot. You did and a I just hysterical. I copy everybody. All Dana, I, I copied you. But you were so funny. And I believe it started a pattern of where women, especially now on Saturday Night Live, are allowed just to play the men. And that was the first time I remembered... Uh, a political figure that almost was president. Then I left and you played him, which I thought was a very cool thing. And then Lauren brought you back to play him again. And I'm like, did I not do well? You know, uh, but I was just kind of, I loved doing it. They had all these prosthetics on me and I'll never forget. Janine Garofalo was uh, at that show and she goes, and I had all this energy and all these prosthetics. And she goes, you know, you, and the bald head, she goes, you look like one of those kids with progeria. <laughs> Bajeria? Bajeria. Do you oh, know who okay. that is? It's she goes, now go get them. <laughs> I just learned about alopecia, so I'm just trying to learn all right, these right, different Alopecia. That too. Alopecia, alopecia. Right. That's when someone in the South gets it. It's alopecia. <laughs> That's what, it's different down there with that kind of thing. I'm going to stay in a Southern accent while I interview oh for the rest God. of the show. But should we keep going on SNL or just find out a little bit about how you got on SNL? It's up to you, David. You're the co-host. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, Sherry has a uh, long pass before SNL. I do like the Philadelphia stuff. And then but I, I didn't know if you went went in with uh, Will Ferrell. Did you have cheerleaders? Are those things down already? Or no, did no, you just no. come up with them no, We there? came up with them at SNL, uh, but we did both come in from the Groundlings. The same year, and you, you knew him at the Groundlings? Yeah, you worked we together? performed yeah. together. Okay, so was anyone else dragged with you guys on that uh, when you got hired? Uh, Chris Kattan and Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, shit. We were wow. all so on the same a... show okay, at the Groundlings. So, and Kattan came this exact same time as you to SNL? Yes, but he didn't get hired the same time. Oh. Yeah, didn't he come a year later or something? No, yeah, but, um, you know... It was it, at that time, it was 50 50 as far as um, NBC and Lauren having deciding, uh, you know, the cast on really. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. That's on interesting. votes. Seemed like Lauren always I don't know votes. I don't know how you, they did it, but they they wanted to be in agreement. They had to mm -hmm. be in agreement. All right, Marcy, raise your hand. Everyone who liked Chris Kattan. <laughs> Okay, um, that's one, two, now, three. Now, Scott Sasso, how about your group? <laughs> Scott Sasso. Scott Sasso, what about your group? Uh, <laughs> that's Sherry, pretty much what it was. Uh, Will Ferrell, is there anything there? <laughs> he asked me. <laughs> and a, you know yeah. what? The, and, two, the two sketches that I wrote <laughs> that Will and I were in, he said, I'd like those uh, on the, um, he had me do, I had written a sketch with, um, uh, called like an 80s prom sketch. Mm -hmm. And he wanted us to do that on the first show with Marielle Hemingway. It didn't work huh. out with to write Marielle into it. So he said, just do it yourselves like the next week. And then the other thing was I had written um, a kid in a cockpit uh, at the Groundlings <laughs> and I cast Will. And um, the funny thing was, was I said to him, you know, I his name was Captain Chase. And the strangest thing was when I got SNL, I ended up doing that when Chevy Chase hosted. And mm. I'm like, I had to change the name of the captain because it was actually his name. And I remember I said to him, um, 
this is really strange, but when I originally wrote this at the Groundlings, it was Captain Chase. And here I am all wide-eyed. <laughs> it yeah. was Captain Chase and I had to change it because it's you're really Chase. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was Kid in a Cockpit? What was that sketch? Yeah. It was or, just what, a kid that, you know, got to be, to go visit the cockpit and she was a oh, pain in the okay. ass. And yeah, and the pilot did not want any parts. <laughs> okay, Why so, is it so funny? All your characters are a pain in the ass, by the way. They're oh, all none taken. Like, no, it's pretty funny. I like where this football's in my yard. I keep it now. <laughs> okay. Which, which yeah. one is that's, that? That's oh. every that's the Italian woman on the porch. It's every woman who polices the street in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking hysterical. Yeah. I used to laugh my ass off at that. Oh, oh, I got one before SNL. When you were, you did you work for a record company? I just want to know if, if record companies are, are they sketchy like they say, or you don't see that? Well, I worked at A&M Records. Like I moved to LA to get in the music business. And um, I worked in publishing, Alma Worthing Publishing, which was owned by Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss. And to me, A&M Records was the Camelot of the music industry at that time. Mm. And it was my dream. Like they had alternative um artists before that that could never get on the on the radio because they didn't have alternative radio stations at that time and but they signed them anyway and uh so i was like wow and then i started working in the publishing company and for a year and a half and i remember a woman saying to me like all my life people would say oh you're so funny you should do stand up and i couldn't see myself doing stand up um, I couldn't see myself being myself in front of people. Um, and so someone said, oh, you should do the growlings. I go, well, I should, I should, I should, what? <laughs> what's a growling? Go, I go, what's, what's a growling? And they go, oh, it's an improv troupe. I go, what's improv? What is this God you speak of? <laughs> and I'll never forget going. To, I looked in the yellow pages. And I found the, you know, the growlings. And I went pages. down and, wow. and I, I'm telling you, I walked in there. And I saw all the pictures of people, of Phil Hartman, of, of John Lovitz, of Lorraine Newman, of Pee Wee, of Paul Rubens, and, and just all of these people. I'm like, oh, my God, what do they do here? And then I started seeing shows, and I was, and I was hooked. But I had, I, then I moved over to the record company. I was doing promotion, rock and, and, and pop promotion working in there, and um, the whole time doing the Groundlings. and. I just thought I have the best of both worlds. I can be work at the AM Records and then be creative at the Groundlings. Never would have dreamt as big as what had happened. You're so you're all in the daytime. You're you're prepping like a, a meet and greet for Ario Speedwagon, and then at night. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was pretty much it was radio promotion, oh. but it was the funnest job. And the funniest thing is when I got SNL, everybody's like, "So no more free CDs." <laughs> And I was like, like Jesus fan. Christ, can you pretend that you like me for me? <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, can I ask you a Jeez. question? So when you got into the groundlings, mm -hmm. usually you take classes, you build up and stuff. When did you, like, did you find, when did you kind of go, geez, I'm really good at this? I mean, when did it turn for you? Because it was that when the first When people time? that I, when people, like, because it's a long process, you start out at basic and then you're mm -hmm. judged, you know, after whether you can move up mm -hmm. or whether you have to repeat or you get dropped. Then you go to intermediate. It's the same thing. Then you do that for months and months and months. Then you're judged. Do you repeat? 
get dropped or move up and then and then lab and then and then lab and then advanced Mm -hmm. and that was a two-year process and i just thought i thought like i'm doing well when people that i thought were good were being dropped oh and you (laughs) were being advanced so you're kind of going i must be good if that person's dropped and i'm not well i just the great thing is that i had going for me is i always thought myself the worst person in the class and the great thing about that was I had no attitude. The only way to do it go is go up from there, mm. you know, um, because I didn't have any kind of acting background. And I remember meeting everybody and they all had headshots <laughs> and they were all talking oh, about the yeah. business. They were talking about the business. The biz. And, 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 you know, I was just <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm just happy to be here. Like, I really did not think I was going to be an actress or it was going to, I mean, I just thought it was a dream to be a groundling. And like you know, that was your ceiling. Was. Yes, for sure. Yeah. That was like me um, with stand up. I never so thought of you, it. You didn't do anything. Sorry, David, anything in high school or sketch. Nope. Or any, no, you just came out of the blue groundlings. My God. And then you're, that's your training. And completely. I did take some classes outside of the groundlings. Once I was mm-hmm. in the groundlings, just to get a taste of like, you know, uh, other forms of, 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 you know, of, of classes and, and, and cold reading classes, stuff like that. Yeah. But I took to it like I'd never taken to anything in my life. I it was like the clouds parted and I found my place. Yeah. Wow. And so I was like Tracy Flick. I was there early. I left late. I had my hand up. I was in awe of everything. In awe of everything. I was never so excited about like I couldn't sleep at night after class because either I did well. And I was so excited or I did bad and I couldn't forgive myself, you know, but you only learn when you do when you don't do well anyway. So it's kind of like, remember, you're in class, you're in class, you're in class, you're in class. And I remember I had to repeat intermediate and it was the best thing that ever happened. And then I remember my best friend at the time worked in the box office, Mike Sweeney and his sister was Julia Sweeney. And I found out that she um, had to repeat intermediate. And I'm like, huh? Oh, that's so cool. We're both repeating <laughs> And when did, how did your style evolve before you got on SNL? And they're like, when did you first know you could throw your voice with an accent and an impression? Were you doing those with friends or? I never did impressions, but I always, to me, I, I copied, like as a kid, I would watch television and then I would copy everything I saw. Sure. And, and who, I would go who up was the your street. muse? Was it Carol Burnett? Was it? Uh, yeah, but no, I copied soap opera people. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Because I was, I was very, very intrigued by the civility, you know, it was such a contrast from how I was growing up, you know, where the TV was on 24 seven and, you know, you had your mother screaming, I wish I was dead all the time. Um, you know, (laughs) wait a minute, is that real? (laughs) Yeah. No, but I rough and tumble. Yeah. Yeah, very, very chaotic and and just so unhinged. And I just <laughs> love soap operas because of the civility of everybody. They're so dignified and yeah, so dignified. And I used to imitate them all the time. Hilarious. Like, I would I would actually set up on our radiator a makeshift Radiator. bar because back then <laughs> in the in like the seventies in the soap operas they would come in and go straight to the the bar. There was never a TV on in the soap operas, right? right yeah. And so I would make up a makeshift bar and have Kool-Aid in it and a vase that you could see through. 
that was my carafe. And then I would have uh, ice and, um, and tongs to put. And then when my mother would walk in, I would stand the way the camera shots, you know, how in soap operas. Sort of open out. The camera, the camera comes in and then the person is talking to them from the back of them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like a rack right? focus. It's, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, my mother would come in and I go, oh, mother, you startled me. I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> mother, you startled goes, me. Yeah. And she would go like this. Who the fuck left the, uh, <laughs> the door open with the air conditioner on? And I would go like this. In my mind, cut. <laughs> God, so your survival mechanism was to almost in, live inside a soap opera so with actual. Funny. I lived inside, and no one knew what I was doing. It was really <laughs> crazy, just kid. <laughs> myself. And then I would watch like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. I'd go upstairs, put my hair in down. plaits. You know, in braids, oh, and they get on my pr- prairie pajamas, and I would come down, and my mom would be in the kitchen. I go, Ma, when's Pa coming? And she goes, What? I go, When's Pa coming home? And she goes, I don't know, but you better have fucking money. Cut! <laughs> so it was like, okay. my dad didn't live with us, so it was like, Whatever, you know, and in my mind, I was constantly, Cut! <laughs> Because it so wasn't was going the way you wanted. It wasn't going no, like a TV you, show. You can't curse on TV. Yeah. And I'm just, and she, and then I remember I would watch like um, uh, the Ten Commandments was just on the other night. Oh, the movie? The, the original? Yeah, with that, because yeah. it's Easter. Easter yeah, is coming. Easter so they, you yeah. know, and I used to live for the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I would be watching it and I'd go in the other room. My mom and her friend are smoking cigarettes and, you know, talking. And I would get a ladle and I would give it to fill it with water and give it to my mom and say, Mom, can you hand this to me? And she's like, what? What do you want, Sherry? And I go, could just hand it to me? <laughs> and then my mom's friend would say, honey, I'll hand it to you. And I go, no, no, no. And my mom would go, I'll hand it to you. Just give it to me. So I, I, she would take it and then she would hand it to me and I would drink it down really fast. And I go, you are kind. I will dwell in this land. And she goes, dwell in the other room. Um, Have you done a one-woman show about this relationship? It's, too this un- is- no, no, it's no. so good. And then, I, my, and then my friend, I, I, I would say to my mom's friend, you are strong. You stood up to the Malachite. And so you, were you remember like, that from, well, I just know the Cades. I, I actually read the Bible after I saw it when I was like eight or something. I started reading the Bible wow. for after I saw Are you the, serious? Oh yeah. I was just like, maybe this is true, man. This looks pretty real. I was like, you know, I was like seven. I, it was like a documentary to me. Oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this religions thing and I'm going to open the book. He's like, yeah, is I the did. Bible a real thing? Yeah. And then he goes, oh, there is one at the library. Let me delve into this a little bit. Dana, that's adorable. And years later, uh, just a flash, which I want to ask you too. I'm with Charlton Heston on SNL, and Lawrence wants to get him to do church chat, church lady with Moses, and he didn't want to do it. We're kind of pressure. I didn't want to pressure him, but he goes, "Just isn't." Oh my it, god, it, that would have been so, awesome. It's so surreal, those kind of things. But back to this, th- I just want to couch this for a second. <laughs> so, so, your mother's, uh, you probably love love her. She's very aggressive. There's a lot of tension in the house. You escape into these shows and use three-dimensional props to kind of become a part of these calming shows, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Did you have a crush on Michael Landon, I was going to ask? Because wasn't he sort of a teen idol in a way for a while? Yeah. Um, no. Uh, well. Little House in the Prairie. No, I mean, mm, did I? Have, I like the blind I just, girl. I thought he was. 
<laughs> David's like, what I could have done with that uh, chick? She couldn't see that I'm not that cute. I would just tell her I was. <laughs> not with that You're lighting. Like... <laughs> not with this lighting. Oh, not I know. My lighting you is so bad. You can't see him, listeners, but he, David's got gothic kind of uh, lighting on him. My it's hair looks gr- cool and no one believes me and I don't care. I'm going to the we wall We have great hats. I gotta get you a cool hat. You have a hat on. Well, because I, I was throwing you guys off because there was so much shade on my face and lighting. It looked crazy. So, Sherry... This is so interesting. I'm just so, uh, you know, when I think about you uh, as a performer, just the word that comes in is committed. Not Commi- as a woman. Well, as a woman, that's a whole other, that's a, that'll be our second hour. We'll delve into your sexuality and everything, you know. No, you're very attractive. I don't do questions myself. You know, sue me and I we adore you. But... Were you as committed? I mean, you're so committed. You're watching these shows, little kid. You got props, and you're talking like <laughs> biblical characters to your mom. What the fuck are you doing? I so love you, mother. How did this inform you as a performer? I mean, obviously, you developed an ear, and you were theatrical, but you'd never done anything official till you go into Groundlings. And then how many years into that were you in the main company and ready for SNL? How long did it take um, I did two years of classes and then two years in the Sunday company writing and performing every Sunday. And, uh, and then I got into the main company. I was in the main company for a year and a half. And I would say that SNL was my first job. Wow. And that was, you were prepped enough, right? Cause you were doing pretty much exactly SNL pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I just kept the same kind of writing mm-hmm. and, um, and just, uh, you know, just kept there's, you know, I learned the difference between theater and television. I remember writing something in uh, in the groundlings that that did really well, but it died. And I remember and I remember um, Quinn, Colin Quinn saying, sure, I don't know if this is going to come off the way it did in theater, because when you talk out in theater on a stage, the the audience can imagine the fourth wall. If you do it on television, you just look crazy. If you're talking <laughs> out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I did it. not yeah. know the difference between that. And I remember it was Kevin Spacey and I had done this character where she has a party every year, the same party and the only two people show up but she acts like there's a lot of people there. <laughs> she says all the things that you say <laughs> when it's a really packed party. You know what I mean? Right. Did you find parking? Um, <laughs> excuse me, I just got a request. Um, the 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 uh, uh, the keg is beat. We're, we're a young party. The keg is beat. We got to put. I'm going to pass a hat around, <laughs> and all these things. <laughs> so and stupid. I did it with Kevin Spacey, and it just died because of what he said. Because a lot of it was me talking out to people that weren't there, and right. it's kind of confusing. But. Um, and then I remember Lauren always saying, Sherry, do you know where your camera is? And um, I thought it was a trick question. I go, um, yeah, no, you don't. And he goes, the people at home would like to see, the people at home would like to see you too. And I didn't even know what he meant. Mm. But, and after that, it was like, okay, oh, that one's my camera with the red light. Like I would just play to the audience. I never right. played to a camera. I didn't know to play to a camera. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And sometimes and you remember, knew it, so you might yeah. go off the cards because you're sort of just performing something you already knew. Right. I'm, I'm performing the way I did at the Groundlings, yeah. like as if it was a stage. And I remember Chris Farley saying to me, you know what, Sherry? I just, I 
he said something to the effect of, I just pretend like I'm back at Second City and I don't even pretend, I don't even think of the cameras. And I was just like, yeah, you could do that, but I get in trouble for it. Yeah, Thanks I was about to say he gave you the opposite <laughs> advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah opposite. Man. You made it work for you. I get in trouble. Yeah. But you, you to me were kind of uh, Carvey-esque because your characters are very committed. They were uh, thank a lot you of energy, I and know. you were I'm and every you'd come up with these new characters. You know, we only did a year, but after I left and I'd watch, and I go, God damn, she just keeps coming up with shit, and it's so hilarious. And they were really thank clicking. You. And what did you do? Five years. Yeah. And did you, mm-hmm. you walked away or did you want to stay or what did you do? Oh, I left. Yeah. That's what happened. Had enough yeah. of it? Enough of it or what was Well, it? it just, you know, you really have to have a thick skin. And, and as much as I love the work and could do the work, it, I did not have a thick enough skin at that time. Um, but I, I wanted to say something. I remember my first year, I was well into it, I think. And someone, I got a phone call and they go, Sherry, Dennis Miller's on the phone. And I had never had anybody famous call me or anything like that. And I, I was like, people famous don't just call other people, <laughs> you know? And then the funny thing was, was he had no idea of this, but his Off-White album, when I was in Philadelphia, I had it memorized. It was the funniest album. I, and not that I listened to albums. I, I heard it by accident. Mm-hmm. from someone else and i remember i was working at a um at like a college bar downtown and um we had live music and and during before the sound check they were playing his album i was crying i was laughing so hard yeah crying Brilliant. to where yeah. i turned all my friends on to it and we just constantly would quote it and then here he's calling me and i'm like i pick up the phone and he goes like he has no idea that i know that album by heart yeah. and it always sounds like such bullshit when you say um oh i'm such a fan right you know what i mean and then he goes this is what he said to me sherry i just want to say uh, you got commitment like carvey wow <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you i was so so flattered because dana like i always related to you and the characters that you did like and your ability and your commitment and i'm just like god damn like he's so freaking good and funny and even when you did an impression it didn't i didn't like any impressions that were so dead on that you were like after five minutes you're bored of it you would do a take of somebody and that was way more entertaining than somebody to me nailing it. You would do a funny take, a twist on the character that made it so much fun to watch over and over and over again. And then when Dennis said, you've got commitment like Harvey, I tell you, I, I know I cried because first of all, he has, and then I started saying to him, you don't know the off white album. And then I started quoting it. And, you know, I think he was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Wait a minute. What? And I was quoting it, quoting it, quoting it. That's exactly how if he, I, people ask me, what do you say to a, a celebrity? And I said, find something very specific to say to them. Besides, I'm such and a that, fan. And you that, know? Dana, is what I learned about um, doing 
when, when Lauren, the best thing that he ever did was make me do Barbara Walters because I remember I kept saying, no, I don't do impressions. I don't do impressions. And then when I knew I didn't have a choice, I started um, listening and watching her over and over again. And not just her cadence and the way she spoke, but she had a style. And what she would always do is when she would interview people, she would give them three specific compliments. Specific. Because when you're specific, a person feels heard. It's not just you're so talented. Yeah. Yeah. It is when you did this, when you did that. And then all of a sudden, that person opens up. They feel safe. They feel respected and seen. And then she can go into, now why the porn? (laughs) (laughs) so um but she just knew how to make somebody lay on their back and expose their stomachs so that she could go in and kick him in the nuts yeah (laughs) always looking for that angle and to get them to cry that was let me pet let me it's like a dog let me pet your belly oh look at that belly look at that belly (laughs) in the nuts (laughs) nut shot Not <laughs> how how were you just for a second about you know having a thick skin and by the way everything you said about me is greatly appreciated that's so sweet and i want to go down a list of your characters which are brilliant and intense um but how were you because we talked to other cast members and they really had to battle their nerves when they first came in just just panic attacks drenched in sweat oh. how how were you that first season um in terms of fighting that fear no no the first season I thought was great because we all came in at the same time. I mean, you remember NBC did a clean sweep and it was just David that they kept and Norm. And uh, yeah, I mean, they did a clean sweep. And I think Steve Korn was a writer that they kept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But so everybody came in at the same time and there was this appreciation and energy and we just all hit the ground running. There wasn't anybody that was sitting around intimidating, you know, and wonder if you're going to take their spot or right. anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. was just like you just we all came in appreciative. And so my first year was not difficult. I just kept doing what I did at the Groundlings. And Sherry, wasn't it kind of like you were all the starting blocks together instead of yeah. like I came in and Mike Myers is already way ahead of me. Dana's way up there. So you're really just trying to. We were starting first grade at the same time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that does create a, a different vibe. I had that with Phil and Jan. and. It Kevin was a beautiful and, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like we were wide eyed and so appreciative and all nervous. We didn't know to mm-hmm. be scared. We were nervous. We learned yeah. later to be scared. <laughs> Can, <laughs> so when and, and okay. what was your first? Cl- what was the first one that clicked? First the show, cl- the cheerleaders name? with Will. No, uh, uh-uh. no. it was. You're not. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but it was. I remember saying to Molly, "I go, you remind me of a young Ann Miller." And then I said, "Oh uh, yeah, I remember this sketch. I remember her doing Ann Miller." Like yeah, a, yeah. yeah. And oh. then and then she's like. I go and cable had just started coming out, people doing cable shows. And I'm like, it wouldn't be funny if we had these two older, you know, women who now have a cable show, but they still had that same mentality of when they were in, yeah. you know, and, uh, and you were Debbie Reynolds, maybe, right? I was Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> it was called Leg Up and yeah. it was on the very first show. And it did. I remember Lauren calling me into his office and go, Sherry, what demographic are you going for? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, Sherry, we're trying to get younger viewers. Yeah. And I, and I go, I, I, 
I didn't think about that. Like, I never thought about. You think of the funny first. Yeah. yeah and I go, funny. I have a feeling that even if they don't yeah. know who they are, they still might like it. No. A thousand percent. It's just clueless <laughs> people going for it and being self happy And then we were on the cover forth. of like Washington Post or something like that. Oh, oh. really? As those two characters. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, and then I really thought, I remember Daryl Hammond saying, the 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 gay community in Hell's Kitchen loved you guys. Like they were loving, I think, like our whatever we thought was funny. I think mm-hmm. it was connecting with um, the gay community mm-hmm. and they are a tough audience and they're an appreciative audience. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a struggle and you know, it's kind of like they got a sense of humor. They have a sense of humor because of their struggle. And um, it's like whenever, you know, I love it when, when, when gay guys would come up to me and, they always say the same thing. They never say the cheerleader or anything. They always say the prescription drug lady. Oh, that was hysterical. Oh, yeah. That was intense, that character. Yeah. And I, and like, you know, you have people in your family that you do a take of. It's mm-hmm. not exact. And I yeah. had an Irish nana that would, uh, was taking prescription drugs like <laughs> all day, everything. <laughs> and back then, they were in a bejeweled mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't hide your pills. Yeah. You presented them. It was like a Fabergé egg. <laughs> <laughs> that, would go, that would say, Nana, can I hold your, your pill box? Because it was so bejeweled and beautiful. All right, be careful. And then we would play a game of what each pill did. And I go, this is for sleep. This is for pep. Um, speed was just pep. pep. Um, this is for... Uh, you know, and, and, underselling it a bit, but yeah. Yeah. And then I would go, <laughs> and this is what I could never think of what it was. And she goes, water weight, water weight, and I'm like, water weight. And she Got goes, and the doctor says, that's all this is. That's all <laughs> this is. And then back in the 70s, when someone got high at your house, your only job was to walk them to the car. And I remember <laughs> my mom saying, and she would have a have, have beer, she'd be drinking beer while she was you know yeah and then she would go uh my nana would say i'm leaving no one's paying attention to me so i would go upstairs and i go mommy nana's leaving she said no one's paying attention to her she goes all right um we'll walk her to the car and i go mommy she goes what i go should nana be driving and she goes don't be fresh just go walk her to the car (laughs) whenever you said as a kid anything that made sense (laughs) it made sense that made your parents responsible for their actions. Don't be fresh. And I'm Watch like, your mouth. I didn't think I was being disrespectful. And I would literally, she'd be hanging on me as if oh, I was a walker and I'd put her in the car. And I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know why this feels so wrong. Let's get those hands on the wheel. And you put her hands on the wheel. Let's start your car. And she already came with it half on the curb, half off. She was already high when she got there. And so I just thought to myself, I remember my mom getting a phone call one day. What do you mean she wrapped it around a tree? That's impossible. My seven-year-old walked her. <laughs> is this real? Or is this, was this on Saturday Night Live? This is so fucking funny. Uh, the Sherry's deadpan delivery of these is the funniest yeah. part of the whole thing. No, but I think uh, like all those all those things stuck in my head because you think, why am I thinking this? Why Mm -hmm. am I not just going along with 
Everything yeah. looks normal. Because by when people are drunk or screwed up when I grew up, no one, I didn't know what it was, you know? So you just think they're being weird or goofy or funny. It was crazy uncle so-and-so. Yeah. When people were drunk or alcoholics when we were kids, they're they were crazy. just called crazy whoever. <laughs> oh, crazy uncle Joe's coming over. Oh, good. <laughs> Crazy when, Uncle Uncle Quaaludes is coming. When you'd over. come out of your room at night and you would see that they formed them and their friends had formed a, a dance rumba train, and they're just utterly smashed. Dun 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 dun. It looks dun, just dun. like fun. That's when they were gone, and know? that's when every older woman peed when she laughed. Because <laughs> the dance rumba train? No, that my I remember my nana. <laughs> she peed when she laughed, and it was like oh. great. Like, I just thought to myself. So like, she's wets herself. She's stumbling and slurry. And you're just guiding her to a 2,000 pound automobile full yeah, of gasoline. Yeah, but it was all water weight, Dana. It was all that's water so weight. That's so hysterical. Water weight is oh, that's hilarious. so funny. So I think what, my mom took those pills, too. Water weight pills. Now now it seems like you had to find comedy after hearing your these stories and your childhood. It's just like, you. It was. it seems like destiny that you would be a comedian. I was by myself a lot. I really didn't know how to make friends. And so I became my own. Like I would just create. Mm -hmm. And I was just using my imagination to kind of, you know, um, fill up what wasn't there. That's kind of mm -hmm. like what Robin Williams says he used to do. It was just in the attic with toys playing and stuff as an only child. You had siblings. I did that. My mom was uh, at work all day. My dad was not around, but I remember a lot of kids have that imagination where you're just making up things and doing things and just trying to kill time. And it's fun. It's kind of fun. It's not really sad. It's fun. It's not sad. I mean, I, I knew I was really lonely as a kid, you know, and spent a lot of time alone and, and I just made the best of it. It's kind of like I would wake up. Oh, it's the Sherry O'Teary show. Oh, do, 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 do. You know, um, <laughs> no, it was sad. I'm going to counter that. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we didn't know we were sad and we didn't know we were anxious. We, we didn't have a name for it, like depression or anxiety. Yeah. Right. Just, I yeah. would make myself laugh. I would make myself cry. And it was just kind of like I really had my own network. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to play a drama or a comedy today. You know what I like is that first of all, in, in your in your Google, uh, if you look at anything about you in Wikipedia, it says Sherry often plays characters who are upbeat, perky, or hyper. I'm like, that's fair, but um, I I think when you say, <laughs> let's say you're a kid and you're doing these like uh, just flat soap opera character, they're very real. Just very present and quiet and subdued. That's oh. interesting. You do that, and then you can also play characters where it's exaggerated and funny. Like, and you also say you say you play characters like it's always kind of based on someone you know. And then you just like my brother. I used to do something, and he goes, "Everyone makes fun of me because you said I was like that." I go, "All I need is two percent of an idea, and then I just make it. I just go as far as I can with it to make it funny." And any character that is would someone would find offensive. The great thing is. Like the person never knows it's them. Oh yeah, that's true. No. It's so, and it gets they so can beyond never figure them it out. Yeah, that it's so ridiculous to make it funny. Like you said, it's kind of like the Italian woman on the porch. I kind of got like a little bit of, of my grandma from when I was a kid, but she was never. She was always the nice one on the porch. Like um, uh, she was very, very nice. And then I did my nana very 
uh, nice, but she wasn't very nice. Oh, like right, 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 yeah. right, right. It's kind of like... Um, well, you pick and choose and do like a, a, a research paper of a few people and make the funniest parts of each one. Exactly. And yeah. and and the kind of the parts that the audience, I think, will will take to, you know what I mean? Mm. You don't want to turn anybody off or depress anybody. And I always think to myself, I think I did characters that never knew how bad off they had it. Yeah, that's a good way to put mm -hmm. it. There's they an were... optimism because it's like yeah. they had no idea, like, you know, that they were rejected. They're kind of tragic like, or something. Like yeah. Adele, which I watched this morning, the sex office flirt or the sex worker flirtation woman was kind of fits that. Yeah, right. she does not sense even a monicum of rejection. It was pretty. It was pretty wild. I mean, you you just wonder sometimes: can these? Could that be done today? That character, just for the per, you know, just because it was it was intense. I mean, but it's the, so ridiculous that I think, and it being a woman makes it, I think, a little easier for the audience to digest. Because when I remember, I said it to Chris Parnell for like. Two years. I go, Chris, yeah. you know, you should do this character because Chris was so sweet. And, and but boy, did he do innuendo. Like, I'd be like, Chris, uh, can you hand me a pencil? Oh, I'll hand you a pencil. And I'm like, geez, Chris, <laughs> like you can find sex anywhere, like in, <laughs> in, in, in anything. And I just it just made me always think of that because he was a very serious, nice, uh, wonderful and yet he had that side of him that wasn't even offensive or salacious. It was just you just noticed it and you just kind of like yeah. pretended, you, you know, OK, uh, that, that caught me off guard. But and then I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if then because when the person doesn't react to innuendo mm -hmm. or a sexual thing, then you explain it to him as if that's why they didn't react to it. You know, right. I didn't that react to it because I wanted it. I wanted you to stop. I didn't want away. to encourage it. I want, you yeah. know, but I love the fact that, oh, okay. You didn't understand. Let me explain it to you. I'd like to wrap my hands around. <laughs> yeah. This right. pencil is like a penis. Yes. <laughs> and it was uh, forward what, thinking what, because Sherry, you did uh Dana. Yeah, I used to be on a show called Just Shoot Me while you were out, you know, doing uh, whatever you were doing. I, was, I did a guest spot. Oh, on that's that, but, right. You but did, I, didn't uh, get a, I didn't get an Emmy nomination like someone I know. Oh, boy. We have two Just Shoot Me scores. I mean, talk about coming and score. Uh, Sherry and Dana. And Dana, you should have. Um, and Sherry, you no, did. No, Sherry was better. But tell everybody, you were, the you were an assistant to, was it Maya? Uh, yes. And, um, uh, you know, she, she was awful, but, um, I got to tell you that experience to me, <laughs> when I did that show, I just thought to myself, Oh my God, this, this is a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. Like I just thought that was the first sitcom I did. And I was just like, my God, no matter what you're going to be written for. Yeah. That's what I thought when I got there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no matter what, you're not going to get cut. At, yeah. the, at the end of the week, no matter what, you know, like you come in at 10 and you leave at three. What in the world? <laughs> like, this is heaven. And then it's like, Miss O'Tiri, what would you like in your arm? Like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I'm like, what's your angle? <laughs> what's your play? What do you, yeah, want, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, Sherry, that was when I got there and I, I just come from the hardest place like you did. 
And then everyone's pulling for you and going, do you have enough jokes today? And I'm like, are you writing for me? And then, and then they go, if you want to add jokes. So they're giving me jokes and then saying, add some if you want. And it just, it was a very nice feel. Not that Saturday Night Live was. Saturday Night Live is what it is. But then you go and you go, oh, I just got through boot camp and this is easier. Like you just can't believe that you're being written for. Yeah. You can't believe it. Like, you know, it was too, when I got hired, when Lauren said, we'd want you to continue writing, I felt so flattered. I was like so honored and flattered, you know, and uh, what I didn't realize was like, oh, no, 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 honey, you have to write if you want to be on the show. Yeah. Were you a writer performer or I was a feature player writer? What were you when you came on? Writer performer. And you had a writer's credit as well? No, no. I didn't oh, get no, paid. Okay. I didn't get a credit. Yeah. Dana didn't either. <laughs> I'm not bitter. Oh, and honey, doing my best of DVD where I don't make a cent off of it, you oh, know, wow. and I, but and I, and you did, wrote every sketch. Yeah, but I did get to, um, I'm sure there was other sketches written by other people. Uh, but, you know, it's predominantly stuff that I, I wrote. And I just thought to myself, wow, um, I'm, I wanted to be a part of it, you know, but um, yeah, you don't. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to buy a few of your CTs. I go, oh, no, 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 just buy one. Uh, I don't make any money off of it. <laughs> you know, you yeah. sign that away when you get the job. Sure. I was a writer. I didn't make a lot, but it, it pays dividends later down the line. Plus, you're, you're known as a writer. I thought that was a very proud moment to be a writer-performer, but I didn't really want to write. I knew I'm going to write for myself no matter mm -hmm. what, like Dana, like you. Uh, it was nice. I got a little extra. I didn't get much to be on. So... Right. And of... I was not cast very much at all either. Yeah. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I was not cast. I wasn't cast in the Groundlings. I wasn't cast in SNL. And, you know, and that trouble for me being cast follows me. And so that's why it's like, wait a minute, why am I treating life outside the Groundlings and SNL any different than it was within? I have to write for myself. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, I'm not really... Uh, Cast, maybe because I did a lot of characters. I don't know. Well, you know, you did something in Grown Ups too, and then and we were just talking this morning how it was. You had a barrette near you. You had a crush on Sandler's character. Is that what it was? Yeah, from high school. And then you'd show up, and you were obsessed with them, kind of still. Yeah. And and that was like something that might have been a little flatter with someone else, but you brought a lot to it and probably added to it. And just the way you performed it, it was it jumps out. Thank you. you. Well, I will say it was already on the page. You know, yeah. and um, maybe because they knew it was you, it's easier to, you know. No, honey, I auditioned for that three times. Oh, you did. They didn't know it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. So jaded. They didn't know it was me. They didn't know. They didn't know. Who they, that's crazy. Well, and you and you that was uh, Dana. Part of the funny part was I think uh, she had a uh, barrette in her hair. <laughs> she ran into Sandler at the store. Was he with his wife? Uh, no, I but I was with my husband, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> 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 and she's kind of hitting on Adam because reliving that they used to date. and Yeah, as yeah. if, and there there I am being another character that has no sense of rejection. Yeah. And and he gave you a barrette or something when you were you were little and you still have it and you wear yes, it Yes, and I still wear it. Yeah, and he doesn't remember. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> anyway, I love that. I like, uh, just shoot me. I have one other question. Now, listen, when you met Lorne the first time, did you have to wait when you go in that office? Yeah, I believe no matter if you're five hours early, you're going to have to wait whenever an appointment is made 
because <laughs> um, I remember I remember Marcy saying, Sherry, I think you should Eat take first. a meeting with more, Lauren. <laughs> oh, and okay. I go, OK, well, why? And she goes, you have to get to know him better. So you got to know each other. And I go, God, that sounds. Yeah, cause, but you're intimidated, you know, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and if you don't know what to say, you don't want to waste his time. And so I would go, OK, so I would go to Lyle. Hey, Lyle, I'm going to make an appointment with Lauren. OK, how's like, two weeks? <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, um, he's but I didn't. I'm like, wait a minute. He's here every night. Uh, and I go, OK, all right. Two weeks it is. And then two weeks goes by. And now I'm getting a little more scared and scared. You know what I mean? Because it's building up. You could have just walked in the room and yeah. gone, hey, Lauren, how's it going? Right. But it wasn't presented to me like that. And I was nervous and intimidated. And then it's time for our meeting. And I wait for two hours outside his office. And then I'm a wreck. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. two weeks. Now I'm waiting two hours. This wasn't even a meeting that it was my idea. <laughs> By the way, he probably doesn't even know you have what the meeting's about either. <laughs> no. And then finally, when I get in there, I'm like, I just didn't understand. I thought maybe he wanted to meet with me and, and, but he didn't. And I didn't. So there was a lot of dead air. And then he goes, um, Sherry, are the writers writing for you? I go, yeah, not, not too much. Well, Gilda used to bake cookies if that helps. And I'm like, mm, it doesn't, but uh, maybe I can get blowjobs. I'm not a baker. <laughs> you said that to him? No, that was just oh. me in my head. I wish I would have had that sense That's of humor. Funny. I was too scared to have a sense of humor. Something like a macadamia nut would be, Al Franken would eat the whole plate. So go ahead. <laughs> but I was just, when I left, the, and I'm just thinking to myself, I feel like I just got kicked in the butt by Marcy. Like, you just, he never wanted to meet with me. Maybe she was trying to help you by going, if you guys talked, but it turned into a whole thing and it turned into a whole disaster. Yeah, two weeks later, two hours later, and I'm like walking in with my legs shaking. I was like, my knees were knocking and I had nothing prepared. You walked out going, Lauren wants me to learn decoupage. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when it was Christmas and I thought, what do you get Lauren? And I remember getting him. I would really, really think about what I would get him. And then one time I got him a how to uh, juggle kit <laughs> because it cracked me up. It made funny. me laugh. And so after I would always go, Lauren, um, how's the juggling going? Um, is it is it getting easier or are you getting the hang of it? As if he ever opened the box and it would just <laughs> make me laugh. And it made, it made him laugh, I think. No, I think uh, that's very funny. <laughs> The, the trick is starting with one ball and just going up and down for a I while. Just, you know what I do? I lose them and then three. I use tennis balls and then I, it just gets uh, all. Sherry, maybe next Christmas a, a fire eating kit would be nice. Maybe a uh, magic set. Um, you I know. did get him one of those old fashioned candy machines, you know, that with yeah. the red, uh, you put a quarter in. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. all, all full of jelly, be- jelly bellies. I bought it and then I just filled it with jelly bellies because I know he liked those. You know, but I was always trying to think of something that, you know, what do you get somebody who you leaves you waiting two hours and two yeah. weeks? This is wonderful. Marcy, can you put it in your trunk? 
Uh, that's that's what I need. You could have <laughs> got it for David because of the hypoglycemic thing. Uh, I need juice. Bo- I need bo- juice. Bo- 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 I was falling down right and left. It was. Uh, we found it later. It was stress related. Anyway, um, <laughs> really, Sherry, I don't know. They couldn't trace it back to anything. Any shows you're working on? I'm like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um. All right. Well, I anything left for man, Sherry? She's been hilarious. Uh, my question wonderful. is just, how did you feel on the show when you had the morning latte talk show with Will? You had cheerleaders. There was a, a period in your five years where you were, like everyone was talking about you. I'll just say, yeah. you know, Sherry O'Terry, have you seen her? She, she's, you know, so funny. But, so did you get a little more relaxed during that time or did people start to write for you a little more? Because you did, you had a lot of hits. Never. Oh, um, no. Uh, 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 uh. I mean, once in a while, I got lucky, like with the view. I didn't write the view, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and I was always, hey, do you want to know something funny? Um, I yes. just got asked. I just got asked. And this is something I did not write. I was asked to do and I was so scared to do it. Um, I don't know. I think Tina wrote it or something, but um, they're doing a documentary on um, Robin Bird. Oh, Wow. The, the late night porn talk show host in New York. Cup, yes. Public, yeah. Public access. Yeah. I just remember thinking to myself, oh, you know, I'm watching, you, you see a talk show, you see th- this, you know, a rerun of a Urkel or whatever the news. And then that channel would pop up and I'm like, is this allowed? Like this was wild to me. Right, that was New York TV or something because yeah, I was like shocked. At midnight or one, two in the morning or something. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I just remember more. thinking to myself, "This is wild." And they asked me to do it, and I'm like, "I'm not wearing a a, a, a crocheted bikini. Oh, that's, that's not right. going to happen." <laughs> so I cheated and wore bike shorts with a, a crocheted top with the boobs already in it, and. Um, Yes, yeah, so I was just asked, they're doing a documentary, and I was like, yes, I'd love to, because I did meet her. And um, Wow. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. But uh, I would say, um, yeah, that's something I didn't write, and uh, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And Morning Latte, I just, one summer, I just watched every morning show, and I wanted to do a talk show so bad, but I didn't know what the hook would be. And I just, that was my favorite sketch to do was morning latte. Not that it was like, you know, the biggest hit or anything, but because I loved playing these ill-informed, confident characters, <laughs> like so ill-informed yet they, it, it doesn't throw them off at all. Cocky idiots. Yeah. Cocky idiots is always a great area to be. But I don't even think they were cocky. There was an innocence about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Will and I had that same kind of sense of humor and it's that optimism, you know, under, you know, just completely ridiculous circumstances of being <laughs> ill-informed or rejected. Yeah, you both play that perfectly. Wow. Is, so so, is your TV on, Sherry? Or I'm so- sorry. Can I go turn it off right now? God damn it. Well, we can so let's go back 15 minutes. So when you first got to the ground lanes, we'll just redo that. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. It's fine. They got magic. They can take anything out. Sherry O'Terry, you're so People funny. Let me like tell you something about bumps. Sherry O'Terry. Everybody loves us. She's the peak of Saturday Night Live. The characters were crazy. <laughs> You know what? I, I want to say one thing that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I guess it was just right before the pandemic. I'm watching Anderson Cooper and that, you know, New Year's Eve show. And then you come out as Barbara Walters and literally 
dismantle the, this, the podium. I mean, it was so fucking funny. Did you write that? Or it was just went on and on and on. God, it was funny. I wrote it. I did write it because I had gotten so used to. And what I love about, you know, the the age range of of us and, and Anderson Cooper and, and, and is there and Andy Cohen is there's a nostalgia that they just love. Mm-hmm. And what I loved yeah. about doing Barbara Walters was there's nostalgia just within her for decades and decades. Yet she's got to talk about what's currently going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did that. I did that. Two years in a row. And it was fun because I really had to think of, okay, what is the recap of what happened this past year? What mm-hmm. what might she talk about? But then she always has to drop in who she thinks is impressive. You know, right. I was on a, you know, with, um, you know, and I always love saying, you know, uh, uh, grill master George Foreman. Uh, <laughs> Real master, <laughs> you know, uh, Madeline Albright, uh, and then like you know who she thinks, it, and then I just love doing um, uh, bomb, a uh, bombshell, Lonnie Green, and you know, and funny man Shecky Green, and we were all because you always just think about you know who she hangs out with, and she always name drops political, sports, and pop culture, and actors, and then um, but then. When they asked me to do it this past time, I go, I can't do Barbara Walters again. I got to be myself. But that was so scary. So what I did was. Yeah, they introduced you and you were a hologram or what was it? I mean, you just. No, something. no, no. I was live this last year. I wrote something to be pre-taped because I didn't think they were going to. Okay. You know, I didn't want to fly. And in New York, it was it was the worst part of the pandemic, I, I would say. Mm. But um, so I had these crocheted. I don't know if you guys remember this in the seventies, they were like crocheted dolls that you put over toilet paper rolls, spare toilet paper rolls. So uh, my friend's mother made a shitload of them in the seventies and they were all pretty. And she gave me some, and I'm just thinking to myself as if I'm going to, you know, put these out. And I just thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny? Like if I'm trying to bring back the crochet toilet paper cozy and each one of them has a story and each story was something that happened this past year. You know what I mean? Like I had uh, uh, canceled Carmen. I had uh, Christmas Karen. I had insurrection Irene um, <laughs> and uh, Baroness, Baroness Becky, you know, covering the whole royal thing of of the past year. And it was mm-hmm. so much fun to do. But I did it as a pre-tape because I had all these props. And I'm like, that podium up there is like eight feet by four feet. Well, you can also control a little better and you can do a few takes. You can get it, nail it perfectly or whatever. Yeah, but we didn't have, like, we didn't get to rehearse it. I rehearsed it once. Oh, you did it. Wait, you did it live, but you were home. No, no, no. I I, I, prepare, I thought I was going to be able to pre-tape it. And then they said to me, like, oh. two weeks before I had already mm-hmm. written it, Sherry, the boys want you there live. And I go, oh, I can't do this live. It's, it's props and this and that. Mm-hmm. No, they want you live. I uh, can't do it live. And I go, I've got an actual toilet tank in this. Mm. And, you know, and then they go, we'll provide you with a toilet tank. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they did. I had a toilet tank on that thing. It was, but, you know, it was really, it was fun. It was fun. Mm. It's really nice of those guys to kind of like give me that platform to be creative because, you know, you do miss that about SNL. It's like your mind can go anywhere. Right. You dream of. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like a kid in Disneyland, but it's like I never limited myself to 
what my mind would think, you know? It was shocking to go, I thought of the stupid sketch Tuesday. I'm sitting with the art department on Thursday and they're designing this dumb thing I thought of. And they're like, so serious going, we'll make it perfectly like this. We'll bring this in. We can get it from New Jersey. I'm like, for this stupid. Okay. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I remember going down to, uh, to approve my actual house, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. um, Italian lady on the porch and Mm -hmm. it was the exterior of a, full house. And I was so in awe and overwhelmed that my, what I thought of has been built. And Keith, there's someone who's like, Hey, is this your vision? Is this what, this is kind of what we thought from reading it. And you're like, no, and they'll tweak anything for you. They were amazing. I mean, we had the most talented people behind the scenes. And even like when we would do uh, the wigs, the wigs were always so funny. When we Molly and mm-hmm. I did leg up, I'll never forget. We had this joke because our wigs got bigger each time we did it. <laughs> and then we did it to a point where we were crying. We were laughing so hard. Our wigs were so huge, you know, and it was appropriate, too, for those characters, but not that huge. Each time they got bigger and bigger and bigger until Lauren said, uh, the wigs are co-starring. <laughs> <laughs> Very Lauren. Exactly. The Wigs are co-starring. It's just that thing of like, we really want to see the character, not just hair on top. Jerry's five foot eight with her wig. Could we please? Mars, is it the wig sketch now? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Sherry. And thank you, Dana. You're the greatest. Sherry's a score machine. Really machine. to understand you. We never got to have dinner together or hang out, but I, I... you're so observant about your characters and that's what makes you a great writer and you tease, you tease everything out. So yeah, we're like, you know, sister brother from another mother. So just appreciate you girl. All right. I love you guys. Bye Sherry. Love you guys. Love you. Love you, David. Miss you. Miss you, Dana. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Now, one more question. And then we get Dana gets to eat one of his four protein bars I brought for him. I feel sick. Why you, these are just candy bars no, dressed good. up they're as good. health bars. This is not something you should eat too much of. We're going to talk says, later. We're going to talk later. May cause diarrhea in an hour, but for sure will in two hours. Okay. I would like you to write down what you eat in a given week, and let's get that GI problem you have. You have a lower <sighs> GI problem. I can I do? tell by looking at you. Why? And you need a liquid <laughs> IV. Well, look at your posture. You're all pent up in there. You've got a little pooch. Come on. Let's talk later. What are we talking about? <laughs> look, I'm a health nut. Why do I, I want to help you. I don't look bad, do I? Jesus Christ. Heather. I'm joking. I'm a comedian. Heather, get the elevator ready. <laughs> don't put me in the elevator. Not like last week. Lock. Don't put me in the elevator. The elevator's about 120 I degrees. I don't want to be in any elevator. This is okay, Henry Fonda. We, we See, I'm question. doing it better. I like it. Fuck. Too late. Too That's late. You did it. That's the story of my life. Okay, we have a question from uh, Charlotte Morris. Hi, boys. <laughs> Charlotte Moss, if, hello. Uh, why, you're a dessert for the eyes. You're a tall drink of water. I'm Charlotte Moss, and I have a question for you boys. Go ahead, David. She says, hi, boys. If you had to swap places with each other and star in another, in one of the other's movies, which would you pick? Charlotte from England. From England. You can I'm hear this Charlotte dog shit Moorish. in English? 
That's people awesome. are God. I wouldn't have worn this goofy hat if I knew mm. we were over in Europe. It, well, you, well, you like if you'd like yeah. to do a character in the movie of Davidge, what would it be? Is that hat all the rage? Why do you wear costumes? You look silly. You're never going to get a lass to fancy you. I would probably <laughs> steal Dana and. I know. I. It's a perfect swap. I, yeah. What we do. You would do Garth because okay. you wouldn't even need to wear a wig. You had the long blonde hair yeah. and boyish face. Can I see the? Can I see the teeth? Just no. <laughs> Say pretty unwe. Pretty unwe. And I would do Joe Dirt. Oh, you want Joe Dirt? Yeah. Hey, I'm Joe Dirt. Yeah. You yeah. ever fuck a pig? Hey, well, I don't know if you saw it. It's not exactly. <laughs> it's um, fuck a pig gets a laugh in the yeah, room because it's not expected. Get you little squealer, come here! Come on, ring, ring, No, I, I do red rednecky, the redneck comedian, but I would I would substitute oh, right. Joe Dirt. Yeah, you know we do your catchphrase when we golf. Red rednecky, the redneck in the world's worst redneck comedian. You ever crap so big you don't know gonna get down that toilet? Come and get some. <laughs> yeah. You ever fart so loud you got a dog two state away? Go what that? Come, come and get, get some. <laughs> we do so say when come you and get some. You make a putt, you go come and get some. We go come and get some. How yeah. do I make t-shirts? That's that's my best catchphrase. No I seriously think come and get some we do because need it's merch. positive. It's not we, negative. Like you but what was Joe a... Dirt's catchphrase? Oh, life's a garden. Dude. How would you say it? Well, come on. He I'm would s- say, "What's crappening?" What's crap? Kind of like what's crappening? Yeah. God, I can't remember. It's kind of a, it's a it's little almost it's a too subtle many. Southern, almost right. Yeah. I want to go. I'm trying. I'm Joe yeah, Dirt. I'd like to go meet my mama. Joe Dirt's a nice guy. Joe Dirt's a little Forrest Gumpy. But what was how Southern was it? Was just sort of subtle. Like, yeah. I, that, it wasn't super deep but it was kind of like man this girl hey, might I'm, be your sister you can't yeah, oh i see it was that sister. guy it was little casey Kasem. i'm looking for my mama and my daddy my name's joe dirt yeah you know which way i should go i already went that way are you fucking with All me right, let's not make it too stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, which way's the dirt road i, I gotta do, go to the I crick. do a character called dummy dirt hey i gotta take a crap word how do i do it i'm dummy dirt <laughs> can you put your finger in my bunghole get one get going <laughs> I went hitchhiking. Next thing I knew, my phone was in my friend's bunghole. Does that mean I like fellers? No, thanks for just giving away the whole sequel. <laughs> well, that's it. So well, thank we'll go you, out blue England, we'll, for for getting us letting canceled. us ruin our reputations I'd over there. I'd just like to say we got to start up our nuclear power plants Michael Kane, in Michael England. Kane. Michael Kane, this end of this podcast is not Betty's best. The hat's too funny. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He's changing his costumes every two <laughs> costumes. minutes. The whole thing's gone to crap. And I wouldn't listen to it another time if I were you. And a fly on the wall is not what it's about. I'm Michael Caine. I'm 111. Is he still around? Of course. Is he? Yeah, he is. He's good. Why? Are you offering me a movie? It's a yes. <laughs> He does a lot of movies. Okay, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks. I got to run. Thanks for coming. I'm going to stick around Dana, give me three and, and check out the elevator of the mansion. Woo! This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 